What's up, Internet? You're tuning in episode 64 of the Footscreen Games Podcast, a weekly video game podcast where two best buds from different nations come together to discuss the wide, wide world of video games. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend and co-host, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hello, hello. Hello, Steve. It's good to be back. Welcome back. You missed out our Flip Scream special last week, all about Halloween. You sad about that? I am. I am sad about that. That's a fantastic name. And frankly, a missed opportunity. Next year, we got to get a Flip Scream logo made and we'll we'll put it up. Yeah, I know. I realized that it should have been a pumpkin. Yeah. Should have carved the like Flip Scream telly onto a pumpkin and I had that as our logo for the month. We missed our chance, but flip scream next year. We missed our moment. <laughs> Only 365 days away, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Count down the days. So uh, the thing I also noticed about last week's show, uh, I, I, I somehow missed an Age of Mythology announcement, which is crazy because, again, right? Like, what, like I feel like I'm the only person that cares about that game, and, of course, the news drops while I'm away, but whatever. Uh the thing I thought was most funny, though, was as I was making the doc for this week's show, uh, I saw that you changed the whole intro because it made absolutely no sense without yeah. me, Max, and you from the same nation, right? Like, Yeah, it, it made no sense. Yeah, so I had to change it all. And obviously, my name's not Pete and Bessie, so that didn't work. Either. That was the so whole thing, too. Yeah. That bit, yeah. yeah. But the boys are back, right? The, the dynamic duo has been reunited. So thank God, you know, we're... Yeah. I'm sure Max Sony was a the, fine fact. Third podcast I've done with you this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get the, we were you already a- good. That you got to have a really nice vacation, and we were stuck here when it was like thunder and lightning and like shitty weather in the UK. And we're just there imagining you just sunning it up in Jamaica. So. I hope you had a good time. I gotta say, Steve, I, I was like, you guys took it all, I guess, because it was it was raining back home in Philadelphia too, and we had no rain the entire trip until the day we left, which I couldn't take advantage of the sun anyway. So, I was I was a lucky ducky when it came to that. So yeah, thank you. I did have a good time. It was a lot of fun. but speaking of a lot of fun uh wouldn't you know it we got a playstation centric episode on my week back here god of war ragnarok is coming out next week and the uh you know pre-release review buzz is very positive very positive so i want to talk a little bit about that in our start screen we got a premiere date for the last of us on hbo playstation plus subscriber numbers are down in a huge way despite the fact of the revamping and the combination between that and playstation now and all that good stuff why Uh, is that (laughs) and for i apparently people are going outside i don't know why we'll have to talk about that and then of course in our main topic that's not at all PSVR 2 has been revealed, both its price and its release date, and boy howdy, Steve is going to eat some crow on our predictions uh, roundup in just a couple weeks here, because I am I'm going to be changing that while we're speaking to the correct, I get correctly guessed the price. Uh, well, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about that in our main topic. So we've got a lot here, but before we get into the show... Let me remind you that this week's episode of the Flip Screen Games podcast is brought to you by our Patreon producers for the month of November. They are, of course, Christian. Oh, they are, of course, account account. 
Christian Oliveria, Christopher Valenz, Gabriel Hasselmeyer, a.k.a. Asobi, Mary Berry, Wakahula, and Zaid Ida. Thank you all so much for your support over on Patreon.com slash games. Y'all are the realest of the real, and we greatly appreciate your support of this and all of the awesome content we're doing here at Flipscreen Games. If you want to become one of them, if you want to write into the show, if you want to come join our Discord, find our other YouTube channels, go watch us on Twitch, however you want to get involved, Flipscreen.games, that's the website. Go check it out. However you do choose to get involved, we appreciate you tuning in for this week's show. So let's get into the start screen. As I said, God of War Ragnarok, if the buzz is to be believed, God of War Ragnarok may actually be better than the than God of War 2018. And my question is... I would hope so, right? Well, that's not always the case, though, right? I, well, and here's the thing. We'll talk about that. But my question is, can it be game of the year? And I think there's a lot pointing to... Maybe yes. And the thing you say, right? Of course. The hope is always that the sequel is going to be better than the original. And I think in in many cases, the sequel is often better than the original, right? Because the nice thing, especially with games as they are today, is that iterative process. You know, like you can learn from the mistakes of the first game. You learn from player feedback and what were the features that they were hoping for? What were the things that they didn't like? What were the things they responded to in ways you didn't expect? And you can take all those those learnings plus the advancement of technology and hopefully make something that is bigger and better than the original. And I think you don't need to look any further than PlayStation's other big release this year, Horizon Forbidden West, for how that does not always translate to a higher review score because while I think most people would probably agree that Forbidden West on like a you know um, a technical level on a, on a content level right is a better experience than the original Horizon uh, Zero Dawn maybe people don't necessarily agree about the story or there's the novelty of that yeah. world for the first time yeah. right uh, that has worn off because now you've played through a whole world of horizon. You're familiar with the trappings of that world versus when it was a brand fresh new IP. Right. And we saw how that impacted its meta, its Metacritic score and similar reviews, but a little bit lower. Same thing with the last of us part two, right? It was divisive in a way that the original was not, but with Ragnarok, very interesting thing has happened as of this recording. Right. And that's on uh, November uh, 3rd. It has a 94 on Metacritic, which is the exact same score as the Game of the uh, Year award winner, God of War 2018. A lot, I've seen a number of critics, right, just giving their kind of spoiler-free thoughts, claiming that they think it's better than the original. Um, And I think if it's better than the original, it's going to be a bona fide masterpiece. You know, I think the, the Maybe. popular but, you know, opinion is that... against another bona fide masterpiece this year. Elden Ring. Yeah, 96 on, on Metacritic. And that is the ultimate question. Is can this game d- dethrone Elden Ring? And I think it can. I don't think it's a lock, right? Don't get me wrong. The, the cult of personality around Elden Ring is strong, you know? And the folks that love those, those games come out for them. You know, but I think God of War has a lot of things going in its favor, right? It being the end of this story that people loved so much, you got to imagine it's going to be pretty epic. And I think 
mm-hmm. you know, obviously the story of the original and, and the emotion that it was able to tap into was, I think, a big part of what made people resonate with it alongside the fact that it just had really, really good, tight gameplay. And I think we can agree, Steve, right? Not everybody, but you and I can agree that Elden Ring does not have a good story. And the thing that the the but story of Elden Ring, people that people that really like fingers and maybe feet, are probably <laughs> really into the story. My, of my, Elden Ring. And, and and my thing is, and I'll say this right. Obviously, I, I was I'm not a fan of of uh, of of the Dark Souls. You know, brotherhood of. Games. I thought you liked railroads, though George Railroads Martin. I thought you really were into him. Mm, you know, you said I, his story's not great. I like Game of Thrones, but I like liked parts of the it. The new one's meant to be good, right? House of the Dragon. That's what I've heard. I don't know. I haven't watched it. Tell not. Um, but I think the story of Elden Ring is more about the story you create by playing with it and interacting with the world. Yes. And I think that's fine because yeah. I don't think story-driven games necessarily. Or a lock for, for Game of the Year. I don't think they're the only kind of game that can win. You're right. But I think that if a game strikes an emotional chord, it has a leg up. That's a big advantage. And, you know, yeah. when you Depends look... what emotions, because I I've definitely have had, went through the, the, you know, went through the whole, like, range, the whole roster of emotions when I was playing Elden Ring. It was like sure. anger, sadness... Because I was like <laughs> terrible at the game and I didn't know what to do. The joy of triumph, laughter at the terrible script, and about all about fingers. You know, there's that. But there's, I, there's emotions. I'm to be saying had though, there. right? What what one? Uh, you know, in in recent memory, a lot of the big winners have been games that have a, a, a an emotional story, right? Last of Us Part Two was a game of the, game of the year winner, right? I think God of War will have Elden Ring beat in that category that said i do think you're right that in terms of experiential gameplay elden ring will probably have god of war licked um Mm -hmm. but i think it has a a few other things going in its favor that elden ring just can't compete with and it has nothing to do with the game's quality right god of war will have recency bias it'll be the most recent big game that everybody voting has completed i also think that it's a more accessible game and it's a genre of game that is more broadly appealing. So while I bet there will be a number of people who vote that probably didn't play Elden Ring because they're not a Souls-like person, there probably are a greater number of people who will play God of War because it's the big story-driven AAA game PlayStation put out this fall. Yeah, but isn't Elden Ring like a crazy hotness sold ridiculous numbers of copies because it's on multiple platforms. And that's isn't true. that going to be in its favor as well? And like, I guess this is the, the hot one for PlayStation, but I don't know. I, 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 I think you're probably right. If there's one PlayStation game in the running this year, it's God of war. I think horizons lost his chance. It, it was up against Elden ring. And I think it, I don't think it, it might hit, split uh, the vote in a much. bad way though. Because I bet you it's yeah, still you nominated. Right. Now that you point that and out. And people are like, oh, yeah, I really like Horizon. I also like God of War. But also, I don't know. That didn't fuck with Last of Us, right? Ghost of Tsushima didn't ding that armor, even though that game was also very mm-hmm. popular. Um, But I'm, you, I'm glad you brought that up. So as of August 
2022, which is the last official update I think we've gotten on Elden Ring's um, sales, 16.6 million units. So pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Uh, God of War, as of November 2022, so that's as of this month, uh, it's got 23 million units. So more, but over a much longer period of time, right? God of War uh, is out on three platforms, or available on three platforms, I'll say, uh, between PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, and, and Steam now. And I guess Epic or whatever, PC. Uh, and it came out in 2018. So that's cumulatively over several years and a re-release kind of softly on PC that it was able to generate that. And I bet a lot of people bought it in the run-up to the sequel. So Elden Ring, you know, it's interesting because in a way it it has the benefit of being a new IP, but it also, unlike an actually new IP, it also has that baked in audience of people that fuck with Souls-like games. So like it has- Yeah, but it brought in so many more than just like Soulsy people because like I'd never played a Souls game before. You're right. I don't think you had really been into it. But you you wouldn't have played it if it weren't for the fact that it had a legacy beforehand. It's not like it came out of nowhere is my point, right? If this came out of nowhere though, and it was like, bam, 96, then yeah, I would have played it. It wasn't like it could have been sure. any game out of out of out of nowhere that got a ninety six. You know, like before Uncharted, Naughty Dog worked on, um, you know, Jack and Daxter, and Clank. Or, yeah, sorry, Jack and Daxter, Crash Bandicoot. It's like it was a real big shift for them. That game did come out of nowhere, and and like that that game's phenomenal, and it's obviously changed the course of what that the types of games that studio makes. Yeah, and I hear what you're saying, but I my point is, I guess that. Games that are part of an established franchise have an easier time building an audience, and even though Elden Ring isn't part of an established franchise, it has the same cachet in the way that, like, you can be like, oh, it's a new God of War. You can be like, oh, it's a new game from the Dark Souls people. Like, that means something in the same way. And that's not to take away from Elden Ring's success. It's more to say that I think it, it probably will sell, go on to sell more than God of War, even though God of War currently has more. But it's like they're they're fairly analogous, right? In terms of I think uh, general popularity, God of War is one of those like near S tier franchise names in the way that like only a few games are. You know, God of War yeah. sells way better than most of Sony's other first party stuff. That isn't I know, Spider-Man. isn't it strange to me? It's legacy, though. You think about it. God of War was, like, the hottest game the year it came out. And, like, it... And that was 2005, I think, 2004. And that is a defining game on the PS2, which is one of the most popular consoles of all time. So it's a game a ton of people played, and then that franchise continued to grow. And there was a time when video games were more, like... You know, like in the early 2000s where there was that real, like, hyper-masculine gamer bro fucking G-Fuel type energy was, like, really baked into... You think about the Game Awards, they started on Spike TV, television for men. Oh, God, yeah. You know, like that bullshit. Yeah. That was a thing, right? Like, that high testosterone bullshit was a part of games. And Kratos was, like, the I face just, I of that shit. I can't ever... 
I just really can't ever imagine Jeff Keighley being the face of that. Like, he's such a square. He does not <laughs> no, fit he's that. He's just a little nerdy guy, all. right? Like, <laughs> yeah, right. He's yeah. like total antithesis of like, like exactly everything you just said. Yeah. God. Yeah, I mean, that's we we could sit here and unpack that for a lot longer but that's not what we talk about on this show we're not here to talk about toxic masculinity in video games jeff has great jeff has great shoes though like great sneakers every single time like he's, he wears I, a suit you look at the shoes you're like oh yeah he's a well-dressed he man what he's doing. you know he's he's yeah. he's got his look together i appreciate it um so point being i think god of war ragnarok obviously going to be something special I think it has a very strong likelihood of being my game of the year, and I'm really bummed that you're not going to play it. No, I'm, I'm not because I'm, I've not played the first one. Um, you had such ample opportunity time. this year, too. It's on Steam Deck. It's optimized. Like, you could have done it. Yeah. You played Days played Gone it. instead. Could have played it on the, I could have played it on the uh, uh, PS5 PlayStation Plus thing that apparently no one bought. So, <laughs> yeah, I could, you could have. Could have, could have, would have, should have. P. There was too many other new things that came out this year that I, I've, I've checked. Killing out. me, man! You're killing me. Played Elden Ring. I finished Horizon. What more do you want from me? You know. I, I want you to Horizon not play Elden you. Ring and play this because I'm playing this. That's what I want. Well, I, everyone wanted you to play Elden Ring and you didn't. I played it. I just didn't like it enough to keep playing. Oh God. One day, one day I'll start streaming it again or something. No, you won't. No, you won't. D- don't lie. Don't lie to the. Don't lie to the listeners and the viewers. No, <laughs> but you know what? Uh, do you know if Max is Max playing God of War? I need somebody to talk to about this when this game comes out. You're going to be useless. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to you about that off mic. Right, we'll I figure think, it out. I think he, he is going to play it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll have to find. We'll have to. If not, I got to find somebody. Somebody's going to have to help me out here. I can um, ask you questions about it, but you know, I, you're going to want someone to to do like a spoiler cast with. We need to do a spoiler cast about Horizon. I know now that you finally stories. finished it. <laughs> I'll have to rewatch the story because I don't remember everything anymore. Oh, God. But... it was it was it was bad. I did not like it. You're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. We'll Good talk. Talk about that. I, I do think, though, that you're right. I do think God of War stands a chance. And I think recency bias plays a massive part in it. I also think that it depends what we're considering as Game of the Year. If we're saying it's the Game Awards Game of the Year, I, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like Elden Ring was a, a lock up until at least this point. It was like all of the critics that vote within the Game Awards, I feel like that was their Game of the Year up until this point. And I think God of War's got a a big, big hurdle to climb if it's gonna if it's gonna knock Elden Ring off the top. And it sounds like it might. I, I've I've seen neck a couple people who I know vote in the game of game awards be like, This is my game of the year now. And Elden Ring's number two. So I don't know. Yeah. And I'm talking about the game awards when I say the game of the year, right? Like that's I feel like Obviously, a bunch of outlets are going to give Elden Ring Game of the Year. A bunch of outlets are going to give Ragnarok Game of the Year. You know, that's whatever, right? We're going to name a game Game of the Year. What does that mean? Um, it's it's yeah. Well, I mean, that is the Game of the Year as far as I'm concerned. But you know, Gene Park had a great take on it. Um, uh, and for him, it's Elden Ring because he prefers gameplay over story. But if you're the other way around, he said that. The, this is the f- game that's finally knocked The Witcher 3 
out for the best side quests and the most like that you've got to you've got to play the side quests See, like, and i was just like i'm gonna like this game better like this is definitely gonna be more my kind of game and I know, like, yeah i know i know and the thing is i like the gameplay of god of war a lot right like i i think that yeah, and you got new weapons and new new like like the original and- again i say the original not i mean 2018 the, the 2018 previous yeah game. i'll just start saying 2018 uh I think that game plays so well. I think the Leviathan Axe is one of the best weapons in any video game. And, like, it's funny to me because, I mean, like, comparing the way that, like, God of War feels to, like, Elden Ring, I'm like, oh, I think God of War plays better, too. Like, I prefer the gameplay of that because it's... Oh, my God. You know, but... (laughs) Hey, you know, that's just me. That's just that's just one. You know, I was opinion. with you. I hated Elden Ring. We did a whole episode about it, and then I did my U-turn on it, and I was just like, "This is the best game ever," and and it's it's probably one number one or number two for game of the year for me at the moment. And I just I can't decide. But I've also got a load of other games in my list. I've not played uh, Monkey the New Monkey Island. That's on my list. I want to mm. play um, uh, what was it called? The Case of the Golden Idol which is like a new uh, game that's similar to like the Obra Dinn in style. I want to play that. The Entropy Center's just come out, which is like a new um, environmental puzzler, like Portal. Like, there's so many indie games that I play. I'm playing Signalis at the moment, which is like really, really hot indie game. So I remember we were talking about this a couple weeks ago, and it's like, I was like, man, I've played a gross amount of games this year. Like Game of the Year is going to be interesting. And you were like, well, a bunch of them are old, though. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. I played a lot of retro games this year, like to completion. But when I was going back over it, I still played a shitload of games that came out this year. Like my Game of the Year is going to be a pretty like. Yeah, I'm fight. I'm going to struggle as well. Like I've uh, I've I started listing all mine together and I think I'd played when I'd done it 15 new games. And now it's probably going to be getting closer to like 20. And most of them were like really solid games that I enjoyed. Like Horizons there. I think Horizons in contention for a spot in my game of the year list. But, you know, stuff like Kirby, Elden Ring, Stacklands, I think, needs to go in there. It's one of my favorite games we played this year. There's so much. So So much stuff. Stray. It's funny because of what a soft year it was for a big portion of it. It was quiet, and then it's like so many things really came out in the back half. Like, yeah, you got to think a new Pokemon game coming out this month as well. Mm-hmm. It's mental, dude. I'm, I'm how like, are you gonna play both? It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard to play all these games for sure. Um, but yeah, we can. Which you know, no. we're gonna have to accept the fact that one of us will play the game and represent it. Like I know, I'm, I know you're not gonna play Monkey Island, for example. No, so no, I won't. I won't happen. get to that. Um, yeah, I mean, like God of War and Pokemon, I definitely need to complete. There's a couple other games I want to get hands on, but like, there's a lot of games that I started and enjoyed and like fell off of, and I just don't think i'll get back to because i don't have the time you know yeah me too um, like i re- was really enjoying um bear and breakfast yeah and i just uh, i never I, I fell off it because roller drum came out and then another game came out and another game came oh my out God, like, yeah like, like roller drum and cult of the lamb i haven't finished like i'm very close to the end but i haven't quite beaten them and it's like I- i'm in a weird point now because it's like while i'm sure that content is worth playing because they're really great games that I loved. It's also like, I kind of get it, 
you know like and I, it's like yeah you've played enough like you've played enough to review the game yeah and it's it's not to say that i'm like not interested in finishing them but considering there's so much hot stuff i haven't gotten to it's kind of like all right like i do kind of want to like play more n- new stuff like do i need to finish xenoblade chronicles 3 to be like to render how i feel about it probably not and from what i've heard the ending is kind of a, a mixed reception so it's we like we can refer to chewy on xenoblade <laughs> yeah and he didn't even finish it so you know i don't know and it's like some i mean of these... he, the man played two other xenoblade games to completion this year give him a break and some of them are know? games i know i'll get back to at some level but like xenoblade's one where it's like man i'm like not loving playing games on my switch right now and it's like no isn't that crazy like we went through years and years and years that that was the only place i wanted to play games it was like why is this indie game not on switch and now it's just like i just don't want to touch it because my joy cons have started drifting again and i know it's gonna not look its best and i can play it elsewhere better like it's, it's if it's an indie game it might even come to game pass like monkey island's coming to game pass it's 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 crazy it's crazy how the yeah. like things have shifted and changed, and I re- it really I think now we're at the the point where Nintendo needs to do something. We need new hardware because otherwise they're gonna get left behind. Well, until they put out something new. Yeah, until they put out something new. But I don't want the only games that I'm playing on my Switch to be Nintendo games. I don't want to get back to that. Yeah, and I that's where I, I'm I enjoy at with it right playing now. Everything. Yeah. Like, I think too. really the only game that could get me to pick up my, my Switch right now is going to be Pokemon and then, like, Breath of the Wild 2, right? And hopefully that's not on Switch, but... Tears of, Tears of a Kingdom, Pete. Right. God. Of course. Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> apologies. Apologies. <clears throat> uh, but, yeah, I'm I'm through the roof excited for, for God of War. I mean, I was already excited for it, obviously. Um, I was a big fan of the original. I'm obviously a, you know, Sony first-party uh, fan, but uh, hearing how much people are vibing with it and how much how many people I've seen say, like, eh, it's better than the original, which I think is like a 9 out of 10 or a 10 out of 10. I'm like, that's that's what I'm looking and for. Out. Like, I feel like usually reviews come. Uh, yes, uh, that's like a week ahead week of time. Or... Usually reviews seem to drop like to a day before these days. So I think it's because nice they were to, uh... I think it's because they were confident that it was hot fire. Yeah. That's when yeah, they drop really early. Is. Right, like when it when they drop early, it's usually a game that fucking rules, and the publisher is confident that it rules, and they're like, "Yeah, tell people a week early," and they're like, "Oh, sweet, can I get this on Friday? Oh, I gotta wait till next week," and like it just builds yeah. the hype, you know? Like, oh, well, this game leaked as well, didn't it? Corey Barlog was tweeting yeah. about it about how um uh someone broke the the street date on mm-hmm. it, so got it early. <laughs> Which it seems like someone from our community is getting um, Sonic, Sonic yeah. Early. yeah, Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> yeah, we won't say their oh. name because I don't want to, you know, get them. In I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to fuck them up. But uh, if uh, I, I want to know what that's like. So if you're listening, I, I want to know what Sonic Frontiers is like on the early inside detail. Yeah, the pre right? the day one patch. You know. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's move it along. We got a couple more things we got to get through here today. Uh, next up is The Last of Us on HBO is coming out on January 15th, 2023, just a sh- few short weeks away at this point. Um, gonna have to Are you get- really mad that that's like just outside of this year? Because you oh, predicted yeah. it was dropping this year. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would have gotten I would have got a half point for that, and I would have gotten yeah. and it would have played into my Metacritic prediction. But well, if it, if it's good, it might be hot garbage. Come on, there's no way. Yeah, you're probably right. I'd be I'd Chernobyl be, was insane. <laughs> I'd be genuinely shocked if this wasn't good. You know, and like obviously there's Me been too. like it's 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 written and directed by the creator of the uh, of the Chernobyl miniseries, which was it was amazing. It's like based on a beloved video game franchise, which is also amazing. The director's involved. The, yeah, it looks like it probably should be pretty good. To me, it, the, po- it, the poster's not great though. Like I thought it was a pretty trash poster. It's it's very plain, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I I feel like it has the same recipe for success for why like The Walking Dead was successful, right? Because it's like a a really great property that you have the original creator come on and be involved and be an active voice in. And I think that always makes the difference between whether an, an adaption really like. Did that happen with The Witcher as well? Like, did they get the original book people? I don't for that? know what the story is there, but they nailed that one yeah. too. God, man, I don't even want to talk about that right now. Henry Cavill. It's weird, leaving. isn't it? Ugh. Very weird. Terrible. Yeah. He's going to go be Superman, which is cool. But you know, Have you heard the conspiracy theory as well that people were like digging up all these interviews where he was talking about how he wanted to speak more if it was going to be based on like the books and things? And he would like agree to do the like seven series run if, they, if it was more like the books and stuff. And people are thinking that they've changed direction. It's going to be more like the games and mm. things rather than. The actual books, which he is a fan of, so maybe I, th- I think I that. think it's because I think it's probably more he's Superman. Yeah, it's because James Gunn is going to make a good big Superman movie. Again? Now. We're not. It's not what we're here to talk about. Uh, <laughs> go listen to the comics. I liked, pals. The, mo- I liked the moving mustache though. That was cool. <laughs> uh, so the the long and short of this is it got leaked uh, about a week ago, and then we got the official confirmation where they actually drop the poster and everything. And, you know, it's it's uh, it's cool that this is imminent because I really wasn't sure when we were going to see it. If it was going to be later next year, I was, you know, um, it's it's nice to kind of think that, like, it's around the corner and we're going to get a taste of it sooner than later. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited about this one. You know, like, it's it's certainly not something that I feel like we that we need, right? Um, if you're a gamer, you've already experienced The Last of Us and... You know, I'm sure that, um, you know. Yeah, you know, I kind of wish they would have done it in the Last of Us universe, but maybe they will for future seasons if that happens, but seen other stories yeah. within that universe. And like, because you know, obviously a lot was going on in the world. Like what happened to all the people back in where they came from, you know, when they right. broke out of the wall. But I think the thing is, right, is like this is this is a chance for the story to connect with like a broader audience, like of people that are not going to play a, you know, 40 or 20 to 40 hour video game. Um, Yeah. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it lands, because I think it's it's probably going to be the most critically successful video game adaptation, if I had to guess, because I I think it's going to be in that conversation of like good, solid prestige television. Yeah. because, like, HBO really doesn't miss like that. You know, most HBO shows are above average. So, it's got all the rest of the had any, like, big flops? I mean, they ever had any big flops at all? Not that I can think of. I mean, I'm sure they exist, but, I mean, there's a lot more hits than... They invented prestige television, you know? Yeah. So, 
I think it's it's a recipe for success. But I'm 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 excited. I'm excited to to get into it and see how it turns out. And also, it's one of those things where like there's no stakes because if it sucks, it's like well whatever. I'll just stop watching it. Right? Like you play the game. You know. Right. <laughs> And it'll be an excuse for me to grab. Maybe it'll be on sale. (laughs) Yeah, I'm hoping so. I kind of want (laughs) to grab part one, you know, but wait, you know. No, I'm waiting for that to come to PC. I really want to play that on Steam Deck. Just stream it. You, you, yeah, I could do, but I can't then take it out of my house, Pete. You know, it's like I'm stuck. In what, like, you're gonna go, like, oh, what I really want to do is play The Last of Us on the bus, you know? Like, I'm gonna play at a party, I'm going to a party, and then like, party. hey, look, look at The Last of Us, you know? <laughs> yeah, rooftop party, of course. <laughs> All right, so, uh, moving into our next talking point here PlayStation Plus subscriber numbers are down by two million over the past year uh pretty crazy and it's it's part of a larger um financial like quarter result that uh sony released and there's a couple different pieces of information that came out of this but this is kind of the one that's that's making headlines because this is a year over year uh dip this is um the third quarter in a row that sony has seen a drop in playstation plus subscriber numbers so that's you know uh a, a, a trend at this point and that's and the first quarter with the new playstation plus revamp like right. this is the first time we've seen numbers from it and and down two million since then it's pretty pretty bad pretty bad there is some context that is is worth uh pointing out i think um so just to give you the actual hard numbers playstation plus had 4.5 million subscribers at a, as of the end of september of this year um, where they had 47.2 million uh, as of last year. Now, the one thing is that, of course, as part of the revamp, there was the multi-tier system that was created, right? So anybody that moved up a tier is making PlayStation more money. So there's a chance that even if they're losing subscribers, they're not necessarily losing profitability because there is that ability to make more money on a subscription now. And there the is... base price went up as well, right? It, you couldn't get just like the base one. No, anymore. the base one is the same price as the old okay. uh, cost. Um, so the one thing is they didn't. They, Sony hasn't given like a number. Of, of how many people opted into the higher price tiers, but they said that subscription revenue had improved by about 10%. So even though they were down 2 million subscribers, they made more money uh, this year, 10% more, about. So that does indicate that a pretty significant number of people did opt into a higher tier, and that even though they're losing uh subscribers that it may actually be improving profitability to add the new tier system so it's not good news but it's not as bad as it it sounds if you only look at that piece of information out of context but it's still not what you want to see all of the all of the playstation now subscribers have gone and you would have thought that they'd have shifted over to ps plus if they were happy with the playstation now service and that we would have seen subscribers grow because you may not have had playstation plus but you may have had playstation now that's obviously not been the case people have just dropped off and that may have been because there was a significant price increase if you went from playstation now to one of the new playstation plus tiers it was a all in one package you couldn't get streaming without the online functionality anymore so there was a a price increase in that regard and like 
I don't know if you've got the the uh, transcribe of the uh, financial call. I don't. But someone asked Sony's CFO Hiroki Totoki um, why it was happening, and he said that it was uh, declining third-party game and PlayStation Four sales and more people going outdoors. Which I'm sure what he really means by that is like the the boom that was seen during you know, the early pandemic is is tapering off, but that's such a funny... Oh, yeah, people are just going outside more these days. Less time for video games, you know? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he, he said, however, in the second quarter, we renewed our services, and there hasn't been a great momentum as a whole. So he he's obviously not happy with how the new services happened. He said, therefore, in the future, we're going to have more penetration on PlayStation 5, and we're going to have very good titles. In addition, we're able to make better promotions, and we think we're able to recover. So he's saying that we'll get more PS5 games on the service, more people will be interested in subscribing for the service, therefore more people will stay on board and will grow the subscriber numbers, as well as selling more consoles as well. Oh, shit. Sorry, there's a, a spider, spider on my wall. It scared the shit out of me. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Oh, God. And now I unplugged my headphones. Sorry. That that threw me for a second, everybody. Uh, <laughs> if you were watching on uh, YouTube, hopefully you got a laugh out of that at least. Um, apologies for you audio listeners. Uh, anyway, um, I think while this is bad news for PlayStation, it's ultimately good news for us because they're going to have to make the service more competitive to justify people uh, buying into it because, you know, um, we had a couple people in the community ask us to do a review of it and I I bought into the uh, second tier, not the max tier. And I I really don't think that the... I think the value is uh, is there enough if you're looking to work for it or if PlayStation is, like, your only platform. Um, you can definitely, like... I think you can eke value out of it, especially if you're, like, somebody who likes to play a lot of games, doesn't necessarily care about playing games on their brand new, that kind of thing. Like, I think there is a gamer it's a good value for, but I wouldn't recommend it. Like, I, I, it's, I wouldn't evangelize it the way I'm like, if you have an Xbox and you don't have Game Pass, like, you're a fool. You know, well, yeah, because you've got the day and day, day one. I don't have to buy any games. It's just like I get what what Microsoft releases. It's also just a better. It's a better platform too, though, because like the tier system is bullshit, right? Like the so confusing. Like I don't think anyone understands what's on what tier. No, and it's because a lot of it is is like duplicitous. Right, because they have the whole thing where it's like, oh, the highest tier is like for retro games. Like that's like if you want to play retro games, that's you know. So and like that sounds like a thing where you're like, oh, okay. Like if I want to play, you know, these old games or whatever, that's that's the way to do it. But like they have games there that are like the like PS4 re-release of a game, right? And it's like, why is that on this tier? That should be on the PlayStation 4 tier that I'm at, like the the base yeah. streaming package tier. Why are these games that are games you know I clearly want? put on this highest tier because of a technicality, right? It's like that feels bad. And it's it's weird because there are games that you think would be on that tier that aren't and some that shouldn't be that are. And it's just, it's all backward. And like, it's not easy to understand. It doesn't have the the very simple value prop that Xbox has been able to achieve, right? Where it's like Game Pass is you know, it's 12, it's 10 bucks a month or 15 for Ultimate or whatever it is. And 
if you are on the fence about it, you can regularly get it for like a buck and get in there and try it out, right? And like then you're on the hook. And with this, it's like, do you want to do this? And then if you decide you want to upgrade, we're only going to upgrade you for the rest of the year. So like you're actually paying more for the service, even though you're not really getting the full value. And like it's just like it's a bet. It's 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 messaged really poorly and it's not a good enough service for you to deal with the bullshit and the confusion whereas xbox has made game pass such a such a simple uh thing and the fact that like when you go on your xbox and you're like go to my games and it's like well do you want to look at your full library and it just puts them all there like it's like it's so easy to navigate yeah they've even revamped that recently because it used to be split with game pass and ea play I mean, that's another thing you get with Game Pass is like you get EA Play. I know you get like Ubisoft Plus on the top tier on, on PlayStation right. Plus, but it's just like, I don't know. I think maybe two tiers is the way to go. You have one that's just online and you have one that's online with everything. And you make that the price point, but maybe Sony couldn't make that work. But I just, I can't see that those retro games are worth paying the extra for. I no, and really I can. think that if you included those in the base thing right and you made the whole thing either a little bit more expensive or you just own that you're going to take the hit on it a little bit and try to build a market around it like i mean they own most of those games it's not like they're paying anyone else for them it's like oh you want to play jack and daxter the remake well you gotta up upgrade to the top tier for that yeah it's like why like why like you know that's ridiculous i should just be able to play the sony games like at the very least this thing should be a place where i can go play old first party playstation games right and it's it's not even that yeah they should have their whole back catalog on them and tap into it i mean that's why xbox are buying up all of these big publishers just because they want to have those games on game pass it just makes a lot of sense and it's like sony already has a stable they just don't leverage it well you know yeah i don't know like if 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 playstation's solution right if playstation plus was was like diet game pass plus nintendo switch online that would be a lot more compelling and and it I just think the, the branding is just not as strong like game no. pass you know what you're getting i'm getting access to all these games playstation plus we've known what it is for like 15 years at this point or however long it's been like it's it's been a while the ps i think it came in at the ps3 generation so it's just like we know what PlayStation Plus was. Yeah. You've changed the goalpost now, and I don't think people understand it. Whereas I think if you'd have come up with a new service, a rebrand, kept PlayStation Plus as what it was, this is how you access the online services. You gain access to Plus features like the uh, cloud saves, which I still think should be part of the base package. Like It should be free. You should not be charging people to back up their saves. And then you have a tier above that, which is like a, a game streaming service where you brand it in a different way and don't brand them as like deluxe. That's premium. like what they tried with PlayStation now though, too. And like that didn't quite work either. And granted that, yeah, but that, again, that was a problems, rebrand but... shift as well. Cause it was originally PlayStation now is I stream and I stream only. And then they added in the ability to download stuff, but they never got that messaging across. No one, no one knew that. No one really understood that yeah. anymore. And I think you you can ha- you could have the two tiers, but one's PlayStation Plus and the other one is PlayStation something else, PlayStation Premium, if you want to call it something else. Like I think you can just do away with the Plus moniker, PlayStation Plus Essentials, PlayStation Plus Deluxe, PlayStation Plus Premium. It just it's no one understands what's on each tier, 
like, oh, I'm on the middle tier. I'm all, I'm on the top tier with the retro games. Like that's what people are saying. They're not they're not getting your branding right. Whereas Game Pass, we know it's Game Pass or Game Pass Ultimate. And I know with Ultimate, I get access to EA Play, and I also get access to the game streaming. Like I can tell you that I can't tell you what PlayStation has. Yeah, yeah, and and, and like as someone who owns it, I can't even totally explain it like i can but like i'd probably miss some details or get some things wrong and i have to look it up whereas like game pass i can very clearly if somebody's like should i get game pass it's like yes here's why yeah definitely whereas like if someone was like i got a playstation should i get the playstation plus like what what tier should i get i'd be like well what maybe do you, have what's a look your, see what's on there first yeah, what's yeah. your taste how how often do you buy new games like that like there's so many questions i have to ask before i'm like yes you should get it whereas game pass is yeah. such a clear like at, at literally every fucking person that plays video games should have game pass period agreed yeah it's a really good deal but i'm a playstation chill anyway uh there are a couple more details that we'll go through real quickly, uh, and then we'll move on here. Uh, as part of these financial reports, Sony also announced that they've officially crossed 25 million PlayStation 5 consoles shipped worldwide. Important to point out, shipped does not mean sold. That means that they've been shipped to retailers. But obviously, as we know, the PlayStation 5 is still very That's hard so to come sad. by. So if not 25... Oh, very impressive. Sorry? It's still a very impressive number. Yeah. I can imagine that Xbox is nowhere near that. But no. we've also got the rumor there's a new console coming next year, right? The one with the detachable disk drive that Tom Henderson's been reporting about. Um, and I feel like when that comes, it simplifies things. There's one system you've got to ship rather than mm -hmm. two SKUs, and then you buy the attach-on drive if you want to. Is what it should have been all along. And um, I feel like that's really going to simplify things and probably amplify the sales as well. Agreed. Especially if it's on like a small, if it's a smaller package, it's like easier to ship, it's easier to produce. They've already had the die shrink with the chip. Everything's kind of pointing in the direction that they're going to sell like hotcakes. They already are, and they're just going to keep selling. Yeah, yeah, and it looks like they're selling about a million a month right now. Uh, they moved three million Mental. in the last three months, which is uh, the same amount that they were moving this time last year. So steady uh, production, steady demand, right? Um, to your point, I think as soon as they're able to increase production, the the sales will go through the roof, you know? Yeah, um, and they've like increased the price around the world, and yet they're still selling. So, yeah, that's uh, a good point. It's clearly the, it's not damaged. They, they've maintained the same profitability even though they increased the price because the demand is so high. Yeah. Which is crazy. Um, but maddening to the consumer and to me, like it, it, it's insane to me that they're cheaper for them to make now because they've had a die shrink and the boards are smaller and there's less copper in there, and yet they put the price up everywhere except the USA. Though, uh, and obviously, I'm not defending that decision. You want to go listen to the week they announced that I talked shit about them and I said they should take that cost on the chin. I still feel that way. However, it's not necessarily cheaper for them to produce when you think about the fact that parts cost more, right? There's been a, a lot of inflation in the last yeah. year, and, like, you can feel that at, at everywhere, right? Like, going grocery shopping is costing me 25% more than it used to, right? Going getting a bite at a fast food restaurant, right, which is something that was always, you know, the whole point of it is that it's cheap, right, is not cheap anymore. 
Um, yeah, the McDonald's 99p saver menu's gone. Does no longer exists. Yeah, uh, gone to inflation. So when you you know when you think about the fact that that is a is a, a reality in pretty much every industry, I wouldn't be surprised if the costs have gone up. Um, I think the costs have probably gone up, but they probably could have taken the twenty pound hit. I, I don't think they needed. I'm to I'm not that defending that. Consumer. Right, they could have taken the hit. Yeah. Uh, but I, my what I would imagine is these changes are to make it cheaper to produce so that they're not affected they're not bring by the price down though. Yeah, they're not going to bring the price back down though. It's no. up and it's there forever. And I know that Phil Spencer spoke this week with um, Joanna Stern at the Wall Street Journal, and he had lots to talk about with uh, prices potentially going up. I think he said they're going to have to adjust pricing. I don't think that's going to be on consoles personally. I I think that is firmly game pass and maybe maybe software sales gone up to 70 dollars but i don't think the price of consoles are going to increase while they're in the the losing position everyone's having a having the cheap console it looks good i think everybody's going to increase the price of uh their games to 70 dollars sooner than yeah but but, i mean when it comes to microsoft first party titles who gives a shit anyway because you're playing them on game pass right (laughs) <laughs> I hope the price of Game Pass doesn't go up too much. Um, I could see it going up to twenty dollars a month. That would still ultimate. be a good deal, but yeah, I'm uh I'm at the point right now where my when I I bought as much as I literally could, however many years ago, and like grandfathered myself in. That's oh, finally that about to run out, out in January. <laughs> yeah, so. mine's ran out this month, so I've got to decide: do I want to keep Game Pass? Yes, I think I do. But I've cancelled a bunch of other subscriptions for the same reasons that we spoke about, right? It's, it's just, it's like, everything's gone up in price. This month, my YouTube Premium and my Apple Music both went up in price, and I made the decision. I just got rid of Apple Music, so I'm just listening to music on YouTube Music now. It's like, you know, someone's got to give at some point, and I think that is probably part of the reason that that Sony hasn't even considered. is like, people are just cancelling subscription services. It's not unique just to them when it comes to playstation plus people are canceling subscriptions and that's the thing right is to that point i made the point earlier i think it is a decent value but like so what right like who who needs a decent value you know like i don't i don't have money to throw around like that right, right if now you, if you don't have much money and you've got the console already just play a free-to-play game because you don't need playstation plus to play those anyway mm-hmm. you just play a free-to-play game online play fortnite with your friends jump on a call on discord Away you go. Or again, you, you're, you know, if you're a frugal gamer and you're the type of person, like, even if you don't play multiplayer, if you only want to play single player games, right? But you don't. You can pick up games used, yeah. Yeah, but you don't. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, we talk about that gamer all the time, right? Like, my, uh, like, the, the, my, the best man at my wedding, right, is that type of gamer, right? He's a dad. He loves video games. He only plays single player games. And. You know, like, he plays video games now whenever he gets a chance, which, because he has, like, a one-year-old son, is never, right? So it's like, he's happy to be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm still playing Elden Ring again, right? Or I'm I'm going to replay Persona 5, you know, because I like those games and I'm happy to play them again. You know, or like, or, yeah. oh, yeah, I'll buy, oh, uh, I'll, I'll play, you know, Spider-Man two years later or whatever, shit like that, you know? And it's like, yeah, like, for that kind of person, like, they don't, you know? The game's new to them, and it's like that's all that matters. Yeah, uh, and honestly, I think that's a really good way to to play games. Is don't get sucked up in the the zeitgeist at the moment, you know, and feel that FOMO. Just wait till it goes on sale. 
Unless you do what we do, I don't know why you. Yeah, you know, like. Yeah. But but again, I don't know. I probably would do that anyway because I just like playing games like that. Well, if you're excited about a game, yeah. But when it's a game you're not sure on, like I often will wait. If I'm just, oh, I'm not sure about this one, then I will wait. I think the thing is, right, is like we've talked about this. There's a hierarchy of entertainment. And as somebody who video games is my favorite way to spend leisure time, right? Like just free time, like consuming art. That's why I consume games the way that I do, right? And I have lots of friends that games are the second or third or fourth or fifth thing on their list. And like, they're the ones telling me, oh, have you watched Abbott Elementary yet? You got to watch that because that's the hot new show. And I'm like, oh, cool. And then I watch it by the time season one's over and I can watch the whole thing, right? Or whatever. You know, because like I'm not like that with movies or whatever, right? Like that's, and I'm I'm that guy for games where I'm like, oh, you got to play this game. You know, you got to play this game in two years when it comes to Switch. You know, or whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, I think uh, the the other thing that is the bigger concern is that game sales were down year on year for um for the the three month period ending in in September. So. Uh, there were 62.5 million PS4 and PS5 games sold, which is down 13.9 million from last year, um, which includes 6.7 million first-party games, which is down 900K from last year. So that, though, I think, again, like, well, let's see what that number looks like after God of War. Well, yeah, but it'll be year on year, won't it? So it'll be versus last year, but we'll see because they may not have any other games next year. I don't think we've got any announcements on release dates for games next year yet. So it could be that this is their game for the next fiscal year and we have nothing else until next November. We'll have to wait and see what they've got in store. But I think this is one of the reasons and I think it's been been on the decline for a while mainly due to just other things competing for their attention. But it's one of the reasons why they're, they're getting into PC games. They don't want to be restricted to just selling their games to PlayStation gamers. They want to sell them to anyone. And if you can buy them on PC, we've seen how much, all that did for God of War sells. Right. Uh, it did so well on PC, it made sense to just bring it over. And not to mention, there is, again, that the fact that I think a lot less gamers are probably buying games day and date brand new. Because... Yeah, inflation uh, I right now is hurting price their wallet. Seventy pound price, yeah, seventy pounds is so much money. Yeah, I could buy like a week's worth of food for that price, right? Well, not anymore, but <laughs> probably not. Yeah, but like it's it's still such a shock to the system, especially when everything else is squeezing you, and so you are going to wait. If something's mm-hmm. going to give, if it's like, well, do I buy this game or do I eat this week? What are you going to eat on you? You are going to buy the seventy pound game. That's correct. I hope so. Anyway, please eat. All right, so uh, moving along to our last uh, talking point here, PlayStation VR 2 has had its price and release date revealed, and I think this is going to be a continuing trend, right, as we talk about that value and and that that sticker shock, because I think a lot of people were surprised to see that PSVR 2 will be retailing for $550. Uh, at at least American, right? Um, similarly analogous across other regions where it's about $50 more than the console. Uh, it's going to be released on February 22nd of next year. Um, according to the PlayStation blog, the that bundle will include the PSVR 2 uh, headset, the 
PSVR 2 Sense controllers and a set of stereo headphones. There will also be a bundle available that has Horizon Call of the Mountain that's going to retail for $600 American, and it'll include everything from the standard edition plus a code for the game. Uh, as uh, Alongside that, on the 22nd, there's also going to be a PlayStation VR 2 Sense controller charging station, which will allow people to uh, basically just click their controllers into a charger and charge them independently of the PlayStation console so that you're not, um, you know, cluttering up your USB ports. Where is their official, like, docking station for the um, DualSense controller? Like, I'd love that, like a little cradle to rest on. Isn't there one? I'm Maybe. pretty sure one exists. I think it's just popular and often sold out. Oh, I've not seen one, but yeah, fair enough. I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that does exist. Um, so if you are in the US, the UK, France, Germany, Belgium, the Netherlands, or Luxembourg, you will only be able to pre-order it through PlayStation's online store. Uh, those pre-orders are going to be available on the 15th, but you can um, register today to get like your information set up and then when you get in line you'll all be set up and everything so if you are you know, interested, wouldn't it be like, great if i could sign in pay five dollars and then they just message me when it's ready that that amazing system and that'd be good maybe they should do that <laughs> honestly not a bad idea uh so again if you are looking to get one on the 15th i would go pre-register now uh, alongside that news, we did get the announcement of the 11 games that are going to be available at launch. Uh, that is the Dark Pictures Anthology Switchback VR, Crossfire Sierra Squad, The Light Brigade, Cities VR Enhanced Edition, Cosmonious High, Hello Neighbor Search and Rescue, Jurassic World Aftermath Collection, Pistol Whip VR, Zenith The Last City, After the Fall, and great. Tentacular. Uh, Pistol Whip is a really fucking good game. Yeah, that's that a good get. Yeah, cool. I play that all the time on um, on my quest. So that is not the full launch lineup. Sony did said that they are expecting there to be more than twenty titles available on launch day. So there are obviously going to be you know a few a few more things uh, up their sleeve. But I mean, if if Beat Saber's not there on launch day, then they are. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I would be surprised if it isn't. Well, I don't know because that's owned by Facebook. Sorry, oh Meta. shit! I forgot about that. You're right. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, maybe like, not. Now nah, you're not having that anymore. That's ours. Come play that on Quest. That sucks. Huh? Media consu- like, media that's consolidation. Like the one huh? game to play. That's like <laughs> yeah, that is the one that people want VR for. That sucks. Well, anyway, uh, what? Let Let's. Now that we've gotten that all out on the table, let's rewind. What's your read on this, Steve? I think I don't understand why people are surprised at the price because I I swear I've been saying this since they announced the specs that it's going to cost as much as the PlayStation 5, if not more than the PlayStation 5. And as they released more and more information, it kept becoming clearer and clearer and clearer that this was going to cost a very, very lo- um, like large amount of money. I'm glad you said that, Steve, because I'm going to just sideline us right here for a second to get into our predictions. Because you said PSVR 2 releasing this year, $4.99, and it will work on PCs. Wrong and wrong. Yeah, it was $50 off. But, uh, you know, I think I think 
for the price, I actually think it's a good deal. I think it's good tech. I just don't understand who this is for. But when you like zoom out and look at the technology that's in it, it's dual 120 hertz 4K OLED panels, eye tracking, inside out tracking, foveated rendering. You've got the sense controllers. Consider that the PlayStation, like the original PlayStation VR, launched for 399 which was more than a, a PS4 cost back then. You had no controllers bundled with it. You had to buy the Move setup separately, which then was another $100 for the two Move controllers and the camera if you wanted that, which brings it up to 500 You're getting close to the price of a VR2, and it's just like, it, that was nowhere near the level of tech that's in this thing. And I just, I don't understand why people are so shocked at the price. I think it's just because it costs more than the PS5. So what? This is just a thing I put on my head and it costs more than the, the PS5. All this is is a screen that goes on my head. No, there's a lot of shit that goes into yeah. these things. And it's it's impressive technology. I just don't know who this is for. The original PSVR was like a gateway, right? It was for those people who wanted to try VR. It was mainstream. I've already got a PS4. I want to play VR games. I don't want to build a PC. don't want to go down that route. I'll play VR on my PS4. We don't need that now. Mainstream VR is, I've got an integrated headset. It's a MetaQuest 2 or a Pico VR from the people that make TikTok. It's just like, I can put one of those on my face and play my favorite games. I want to play Beat Saber. I'm going to open that. I want to play a lot of these games that are here, um, like Cosmonius High, Pistol Whip. We've already seen Demio. A lot of those are Quest games. They're just being ported over. So, and we've already just had some PlayStation games go the other way. The Iron Man games just come to the Quest. So there's a lot of stuff that I don't really understand why you would get this over a Quest if, you, if you're just wanting an intro into VR. So, and if you're really big into VR, I think you're already playing on a PC. And for the price, $600 to play the Horizon game, I just don't see why you would pay it. I wouldn't. So I think I think where I don't, quite agree and it's not necessarily to say that i disagree with what you're saying because i think it's more like i guess to play devil's advocate if you look at the hands-on reviews right of of what people's experience with psvr2 has been in the pre-release stuff um it definitely seems like it is a step up from what the meta quest most definitely offers it's a step up from anything that's out there it's a step up from the valve index which the base price is 690 pounds right so then my argument is i think i think it's for the exact same market that the ps4 version of playstation vr appealed to right where like yeah like i want a more high-end vr experience than what i'm capable of getting from a dedicated device with yeah. the advent of there being exclusive stuff published by Sony, which you know there will also be, that's two things in its favor. But it's still a much cheaper point of entry for that quote-unquote high-end VR experience than a gaming PC. Because if you're not a PC gamer, right, assuming you already have a gaming PC, fair enough. Then your point stands. And maybe you go with you know, Valve's successor to the index or one of those other high-end headsets where you can, right, where you can get that high-end gaming-centric experience on a PC, great. But there are a lot of gamers, 
that are interested in VR that don't play on PC and don't want to play on PC and don't want to build a thousand plus dollar gaming PC just so that they can have a VR headset as well. That's like going to be, uh, you know, one, like easily a one grand plus type investment to get into that setup and have it be optimized the way you want it to be. Whereas with- I think it's no difference in price. I think you could build a comparable VR setup with say uh, a Quest 2 as the, with the cable link or uh, a Valve Index along with like a, a, a mid-range gaming PC with like a um, an NVIDIA 1660 Super or mm-hmm. something in there. For around about a grand, grand 1,200, when you add the price of the PS5 in there, no, you're getting close. But it's but it's not though, right? Because you're saying that's included with the cost of the headset. You think you can do that for a grand? I think you can do the cost of the headset and the of the cost of a PS5. I think you can make a comparable PC VR setup for around about one thousand two hundred pounds. Okay, I, I, even I if that's it. true, there's also the the work of doing it. That d- yes, there is the work of doing it. But I just don't see that if the work of doing it is a big thing to you, that you give a shit that this is a, this is better than the Quest 2, when all you're going to play mm. is Quest port games at the moment, because so, that's what the launch lineup is stacked full of with one exclusive. And you can't backwards play, compat play any of the PSVR games. They've got to be upgraded. Just like they confirmed Pistol Whip VR is getting a free upgrade to Pistol Whip VR 2. I think that you're you're right that there are a lot of people that that is true for, but I think that there are a lot of people that that is not true for as well. And when you're talking about a niche market like VR, like PS, the original PSVR, I believe, was what? Like 5 million units sold? That's not it a lot. It was the best-selling VR headset until the Quest 2. Right. So, which is which is like a big monumental thing to do, especially for a device that was so expensive, didn't come with controllers, didn't really have proper tracking. Like it was a rudimental system when you look at modern right. VR headsets, and and it was extremely successful. And yeah. I think that this, I think this, this can find the exact same level of success. And I think that the the things that are holding it back will not be detriments to the people that actually care about VR. I think the big thing that people care about VR is the applications. And there are so many games and applications that VR people care about that are completely missing. VR chat is the number one omission here. It's on PC VR, it's on the Quest, it's on the Pico. Why is it not on the PlayStation? Like That needs to come to PSVR if they're serious about VR. And they also they need to make though. sure that the game game is set why can't they because there's a ton of uh illegal usage of of like ip in that game i mean it, it, meta doesn't give a shit they they deal with it they're a bigger company than sony i don't think it's the same you know like you're right but like i don't know like I don't know. I don't know. It's tough, I, isn't it? It's I, really, I think, it's, it is really tough. I think they're going to be held to a different standard, right? Like if I think if they're like if Xbox wanted to come after PlayStation because it's like VR chats on PlayStation VR two and like there's all this illegal Xbox content on there, like I don't know. Like maybe that's yeah, ridiculous, you, you but could be right. I'm sure that's part of their but, mentality of why they don't want it there. 
Yeah, I mean, they need not something, to mention though. that like, like shades are more VR likely to missing, use right? that, right? And like, I don't know. There's like, I think. Well, uh, yeah, but that's parental controls that they could do. They can make it an 18 plus thing. I mean, there's I, there's I Rec Room, which is the kid centric version of VR chat. I, I think it. I think it courts controversy that they're not interested in. Is I think the 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 thing. Yeah, but I think social VR is huge, and it's a big. It's a big thing that VR enthusiasts want. Yeah. And they need something. They need a social VR solution. Meta's building out their crappy version with Horizon. Bring back PlayStation Home! PlayStation Home would be great! Did you see the video? <laughs> Someone's, like, got it working again? Like, yeah, dude. I watched... There's like There were two documentaries that came out about it in, like, 2020 yeah. of, like, that... About that project and everything. And I was like, this is crazy and awesome. It's so cool, though, yeah. Um, but that, that was, like, the Metaverse before the Metaverse existed. And it's like, yeah. they should bring that back for VR. It would make so much Sense, but, life. yeah i think i think again it's the problem it's like the text there it's really really great but they're missing games to launch with like 20 games when most of them are like ports or upgrades on games you already had and there's only one real big standout title which the pre the previews of were just like yeah it was okay but it is pretty much an on rails game and you don't really have much to do it's like you go to these areas you'll climb for a little I mean, bit you'll know. get to an area and it's like you shoot shoot for a little bit but the shooting's not really all that accurate you're just like shooting and it's automatically targeting like versus something like half-life alex which completely changed the game it was really immersive if they get something like half-life alex over or they've developed something like half-life alex themselves then i think that's when psvr2 can be the real big like draw in for enthusiasts yeah. Uh, and if they ever add PC support for PSVR 2, then it becomes like an absolutely phenomenal deal that I think a ton of Valve Index people would shift over to. It'll be interesting to see. I, I think ultimately you're right, though, that this price is not – it's not bad at all. And I think no. I think if they play their cards right, um, they can probably replicate the success they found on – on the original device because this yeah. is a lot better it's a, ni- it's a niche product though five five million you said like compared to 105 million ps4s that they right. sell like it's a very very small percentage of people and i think that's interested. the thing though they look at it that way right like if you if you go back to interviews from sony executives like around the time that they were putting out the original headset they said that they looked at it as the same way that when they launched the original PlayStation of like, we're entering a market and we're here to stay and we're going to be one of the names in virtual reality. And that's, that's a thing that they have planted their flag on. And it is a a differentiator between them and their competition. So I'm sure that they're happy. Like, Hey, it's a niche product, but we were number one. That means something, you know? Um, So I think a lot of people that owned PSVR one will show up for PSVR two. And hopefully, yeah. you know, more than that, because I mean, you know, VR is not really my thing, but I, I definitely am excited by it as like a new way to play. And, you know, I don't think it'll ever replace traditional gaming, but I no, no, but I don't think an Easter replace it. it can be an addition it can be another experience you right. do. Yeah. And I think that's fine. In the same way that, you know, I used to have a light gun and I would play games, but it didn't replace shoot normal shooters for me. It was right. just something fun to do. It's a different way. To, yeah. It's just a different option. And, and. I want to see us get to the point where there are like major. Okay, you remember how when Xbox created the Xbox Live Marketplace and the birth of indie games, and there was that kind of period 
uh, before indie games kind of broke into the mainstream where there was like that mentality of like, oh, it's really good for a downloadable game or, oh, it's really good for an indie game or whatever, right? Yeah. And then eventually it just became like, this is this is a game of the year contender. I want VR to turn that corner because that's what I'm going to get interested in it again. And until it hits that point, I think it's a niche enthusiast type thing and there's nothing wrong with that. But I want to see there be a game... Uh, and I think for a lot of people, Half-Life Alex was probably that game. But I want there to it be... It was. It's just it's so difficult to get into, right? Because yeah. it's, it's a very expensive point of entry, like you said. But I still think... I think this is an expensive point of entry, but a lot of people already have a PS5. Right. So if you already have a gaming PC, then Half-Life Alex wasn't that expensive because you could just plug your... You can even plug your, like a, an old Oculus or a Quest in. You can plug anything in, right, to play that. And, you can use the o- Oculus Link. And that's a good point, too, to I think, to push back on, on your argument about the cost argument, right? Where it's like there are a lot of people for which buying a PS5 is a foregone conclusion, right? Like, I already own a PS5. So if I decided I wanted to get into VR right now, this would be the cheapest way for me to get a high-end rig going... You know. Yeah, a high-end rig to play one one high-end game and then some ports of Quest games. Yeah. That's and, the problem. Sure. But how long is that a problem? I don't know. I, I really I really don't know because at the moment, Sony's not really putting games out at a very fast pace. Depends what they've got up their sleeves for VR. We're seeing one, maybe two games a year at the moment out of their first-party studio. Yeah, but also think about that. Right? Like, this is how Sony does things. They go through cycles, right? And, like, we're... We there's that whole rumor that they had a whole big PlayStation presentation that they scrapped because they didn't want to give fuel to Microsoft. I don't believe that at this point. Whether or not you believe that, whatever, there's certainly the content for that, right? We know that every one of their major first-party studios are working on new games, and we only know about two of them, right? Yeah, I think... Well, we know a few for it coming from Insomniac. There's, like, two from them alone. Spider-Man and, and Wolverine we know about, yeah. right? Um, but aside from that, like, we don't know what Naughty Dog's next big project is. We don't know what... Uh, we, you know, we, we, can, we know they're working on that multiplayer, like, um, Last of Us game, sure. right? The, uh, but, but that's the, one of their um, team services game. The other team's working on a new game, and that's probably a new IP or, you know, whatever, right? Who knows? Um, and then not to mention... I hope it's a new IP. I hope so. Uh, and, you know, it's like we, we know that, like, you know, Ghost of Tsushima 2 is in development, but we don't know when that's coming, you know, like things like that. Like, you know, there there's a lot of uh, cards for them to play, and we know that they have studios that are focusing on VR. So, like, you know, I think uh, even if it's a soft launch, it's a long play. So I don't know that that'll matter. in the In the long term, right? Like, it might be week out the gate but i think i think it'll get where it needs to go probably yeah but i don't know it does yeah, have a lot it, more competition uh, so a ton more competition and i think these i think i really think mainstream vr is standalone units i don't think people want to that are just like dabbling with vr want to play with a cable plugged into a console or a pc yeah and i really think enthusiasts are already playing vr on a pc I, I, I really believe that this isn't going to take off in the same way that PSVR 1 did yeah. because it's got competition. The Quest didn't exist back then. It didn't ha- You didn't have a, a cheap entry point. They flooded yeah. the market you did with have... like, headsets for $299 and then they put the price up. You did have like Oculus though and you had the, va- the but Vive. Oculus required, and... The Oculus and the Vive required a PC. The Quest 
and the Quest 2 didn't. It was like, oh, yeah. I put this on and I can play Beat Saber and I it's already it's all here. Like I don't I don't need anything else. This is awesome. You've now got the same from Pico, which is like a, a Chinese competitor to Meta, they're owned by uh, the TikTok parent company, and they're getting big into VR. And they seem to ban. And then you've got the Quest Three coming next year. Who knows what that looks like? Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting because it's like I, I think I'd, I'd argue that those are kind of targeting different types of users, but like I don't, you know, I don't know. Like, it's... I, yeah, but it's like you look at the the top PlayStation VR games, it's always Beat Saber, mm-hmm. always. And like, if that's what people are playing, why would they spend six hundred dollars on this? You'd go and you'd play it on the Quest. But but I think it is if they have software that's compelling that the Quest can't do, and that's yes. the question. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, if Half-Life Alex comes to this, then I'll be interested because that's a right. game I really want to play. But I'm also considering building a gaming PC, so do I just take the $549 that I would have put invested into VR2 and I invest that into a gaming PC that can play that and more? Yeah. And I can go and chill out with my friends in VR chat? Maybe that's the, the route to go down. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't know. It's a big question. But we shall see. Uh, and I think, you know, you also make made the point, right, of like, does it come to PC? And like the answer is probably yes, and I think yeah, I think that's how they that's how you if if this is a profitable product that they're selling at a profit rather than at a loss like they're probably selling the PS5 at I don't know if they're making a profit on that. Um, then bringing it to PC makes a lot of sense because you've undercut Valve by a lot for a, a much higher quality product. All right, yeah, I mean I think you're right. So, uh, I will spare you going through our predictions right now because we're coming up on the end of the year. So I'll save that for our, our check-in, uh, and the, okay. So you just, but you can gloat a little bit cause I'm going to lose. It's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to kick your ass. Um, yeah. so we got to figure out what the, the, what's the prize because obviously you were going to do like a trophy thing. Oh, right. One. The trophy. Yeah, we gotta get a trophy made. That's the thing. Okay. Well, yeah, you've got to get the trophy made because it's got to go to the U.S. now because uh, it's pretty clear that I've lost. So. <laughs> yeah, if you win, it's gonna be expensive to mail that sucker back and forth. But <laughs> just get like we just get like a small one, not like a really big one. <laughs> I like that though. I like the idea of sending it back and forth across the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> Very prestigious award. It's well traveled, right? Yeah, it's got to be engraved with who won as well every every year with like the Stanley yeah. Cup. We- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, let's do it. That'll have to be pretty big, though. I think then if we want to keep engraving it, but yeah, you got to engraved. Or you do it on the base plate. Thing. Here's here's the thing. Here's the thing, Steve. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna get one that's big enough to engrave, right? The flip screen the company will pay for the original trophy, but then I think the loser has to pay for the engraving. That's fine. Yeah. I like that. I think that's fine. Then there's skin in the game, right? And it's like, nobody can be uh-huh. like, oh, I'll play I'll play this game and then be like, nah, what are you going to do? Make me? Yeah, that doesn't work, especially when, you know, we're doing like game clubs, sort of like the one of the world's longest games. It just, yeah. Yeah, it just, just didn't make sense. But that, you can't, it's money. You can't, you, get, you know, you got money. Yeah. You can spend it. get out of it. Yeah, I yeah. can. I can give you. A, I can give you twenty quid to go get it engraved. Yeah, right. it's fine. I like it. I like it a lot. 
All right, so we'll find that. Where I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to find one on Etsy or something. <laughs> if anybody makes trophies, let me know. If you got a friend out there that makes trophies, yeah, we want one that looks like the Dundee from The Office. That's what we need. Or I, I was thinking we get one that looks like the Platinum Trophy, the PlayStation. You know, when you get the Platinum. Yeah, that works. Like a yeah. nice oh, I wouldn't mind one if we get a custom one. I wouldn't mind like a little TV, and then on the plaque you like engrave, you know. How much are we trying to spend on this thing is the question. Thousands. <laughs> Thousands. All right. It's, it's very prestigious, as we've said. And then it gets lost in the mail. <laughs> we never it's not going to get lost. No. No. Like pay everything that went to our P.O. box, yeah. The loser has to pay for the tracking. <laughs> All right, cool. Sounds good. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up, I think, for today's show. Thank you guys for joining us on uh, this week's episode of the Flip Screen Games podcast. Remember, if you want to write in, uh, if you want to uh, you know, be a part of the show, if you want to become a Patreon supporter, if you want to find our content all over the web, flipscreen.games. That's the way to do it. That's the way to find us. Uh, come and join the community. Be a part of what we're doing, however you choose to. We appreciate you tuning in to this week's show. Uh, and, of course, we'll be back next week with uh i think yeah yeah we'll record this late enough in the week that we can get some some god of war impressions in there but um we also are going to have a very special episode uh and eh, maybe it should be the week after the reveal of god of war ragnarok we're going to be talking a little bit about accessibility with a very special guest so look forward to that one as well so get your questions in get your comments in all that good stuff i want to i'd love to get some user reactions considering steve will not have played god of war ragnarok so i'm I'm depending on you people to write in uh but that's gonna wrap it up for today's show okay thank you guys for joining us we love you of course for the crew i've been pete he's been steve We've been the Flip Screen Games Podcast, and we will see you next week.